Welcome to our second Christmas special on our last episode for 2023. We hope you survived Christmas in one piece and now have some me time to listen to a couple of podcasts or watch a murder mystery or seven. Yeah, that's me. Um, last week in our first Christmas special, we were inspired by the ghost of Christmas past and took a look at the past year in entertainment, including Taylor Swift and of course, my queen Madonna. And today we're looking forward with the help of the ghost of Christmas future and delving into what's coming up in 2024 from the US elections, a Glastonbury lineup to remember, and even a sequel to The Greatest Party That Never Happened. Ooh, intriguing. And not to mention our own fairly crazy celebrity predictions for next year. So grab yourself another mince pie or two and get comfy. As we're going straight to the comments. Let's talk about some of the big things coming up in 2024. We have some very big events coming up, including the Olympics and the US elections. The New York Times says that the US election may be a mirror image of the Biden and Trump showdown in 2020. This is expected to be the costliest election in American history, with more than $10 billion expected to be spent on political ads. And then this is interesting. The political ads themselves are subject to increasing concern over the role of AI in creating deep fakes and spreading disinformation. Although the Federal Election Commission has yet to issue any rules on AI in political campaign ads, and that certain tech companies like Google have already imposed mandates that all political advertisements label the use of AI in their content. I won't go into it, but I just say that um, it'll be interesting to see the impact of AI and this deep fake content and misinformation, especially when we think about it in terms of comments in 2024. Yeah, that's such an interesting aspect, the AI, because I hadn't even really thought about it that much. It will be a shit show, really. <laughs> I think it will be a shit show of AI and misinformation. Let's just be honest. And as if the internet is not polarised enough, yeah. and this is what is scary to me when we're doing what we're doing, looking at the comments, sometimes you just get like to the point where you're like, you know what, you're in that camp, you're in that camp, we're not creating a dialogue, mm. right? Well, la- last time, one side was claiming that, you know, the other side had lied and faked the election results and all that lot. Now that you've got AI as well, you can mm-hmm. they can also muddy the waters more, but they're also an excellent scapegoat if you don't win to be like, well, it was all lies anyway, and that's why they won. It's the same as it's always been in technology. It takes so much longer for the law to catch up with the technology. I mean, look at revenge porn. I have seen the rise in deep fake content, including deep fake porn. Mm. I mean, that's the problem is 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 when AI gets to the level that it's so so well done that you actually can't tell because back in the day it would be cutting off a celebrity's head in a magazine and sticking it on a porn magazine it was very obvious that that's not true (laughs) but some of these deep fakes you're like oh shit has that been a home release that's been leaked and it's yeah it's fake it's very hard to tell and I, i just think there needs to be some level of you wouldn't want to be on the receiving end of it i mean it's such a mess no one knows who to believe anymore I do think we're in, what do they call it? The post-truth world. We don't know anymore what we can believe and we can't always believe our eyes or ears. And that is a scary place to be. It is. It does feel scary. I mean, yeah, I just think this is going to be unavoidable next year, this story. So I'm going to (laughs) try. You're you're going to try. We're going to try. I try not to take on politics in this sense, you know, like, no, uh, because I just, it's just too depressing. It's exhausting. (laughs) But there is positive stuff happening in the world next year as well isn't there yes i mean paris is going to be hosting the summer olympics and it's exactly one century after it last hosted it in 1924 
And departing from the Greek tradition, the opening ceremony is not actually going to be held in a stadium, but rather, can you believe this, on a flotilla of boats carrying the 10,500 participating athletes down the Seine. Uh, spectators with tickets will watch from the lower banks, while the upper banks will be open to the public for free. Another first in recent Olympic history, and I love that idea. It's sort of, it kind of reminds me of um, like when we had the coronation, that there was the possibility mm. of just everyone accessing it from anywhere. I think it's lovely. I think it's just a, a wonderful idea, and it feels like it is in the true spirit of sort of the Olympics that this is something like a peak humanity moment we should celebrate and everyone should have access but just the idea that they're going to go down the Seine in these boats I mean I just would love to be there to see that I bet that's going to be amazing I just hope no one has uh, seasickness (laughs) can you imagine just loads of athletes throwing up over the side you're like oh wow (laughs) can you imagine okay and also it's going to be the first time break dancing is going to be included as a sport Interesting. That's pretty incredible. I actually went to the first Olympics, which was the London Olympics, where um, where women in boxing was included. So that was quite a big mm. thing for me as a female boxer to to watch that. But there were these comments on Reddit, of course. I have nothing against breakdancing, but I'm not into Olympic events that come down to judges' decisions. I like who ran the fastest, jumped the highest, threw an object the furthest. Not three out of five judges thought you were best spin, you get the medal. And someone else replied, if they can put in prancing horses, they can put in people actually doing something athletic. So that's one version. Look, I know the whole dressage thing with horses is a big thing, but I I also think the same, like, is that natural the way they're doing that? No. I wonder who just one day was sitting around thinking, you know what my horse needs to do? It needs to prance. That's what I need to be here to do. I can understand like then why they're saying breakdancing. It really makes sense yeah. in the world of TikTok. I imagine that would just bring in a huge audience. Widening the appeal globally of the Olympics. I'm a big fan of dance movies. And some of these dancers are pure art. I mean, and, and the yes. physical element that's involved, you know, when they're looking like robots, but they have to really control their body and everything. I, I mean, that is, that is pure sport. And it's skill. It's body skill, right? Absolutely. Like gymnastics. And I have to be honest, um, I've never really been a big fan of watching sport, but I used to predominantly like the Winter Olympics because I'd watch the ice skating or I'd watch rhythm gymnastics. I like anything that's a Mm. bit more artistic. So I would probably watch uh, breakdancing much more than the other sports. Moving away from sport and more into our comfort zone, which I think we would get an Olympic medal in, you and I, <laughs> is pop culture. Yeah, we do. I think we do okay. M- might make it to the top three. I think so. I mean, we have a lot going on in pop culture next year. You know, obviously we got the Oscars. I think it's in March. And there was this comment about um, the Oscars on Reddit. Barbie and Oppenheimer will carry the Oscars. Oscars may have the highest viewership in a long time because of how widely watched those two movies were. It will finally have something win that the average person has watched. I am genuinely excited about watching the Oscars because it does feel like they have pitched this huge rivalry between these two films all year. And it would be interesting to see, you know, who will win on the night, you know, who will clean up, maybe both. Exactly. And I think when you, you've got two teams very much like the sport, you can have this rivalry, whether it's real or imagined, that does make it more exciting. Everyone wants to know who's going to win. But for quite a few years, we've had a lot of um, 
films that you probably haven't seen or haven't heard of that you can't really get behind and there's not a two horse race so it's like well it, it feels a bit like a scattergun oh, it could be anyone and do I care when I think about it you could just reduce Barbie to like it'd be team Barbie women versus team Oppenheimer you know nerdy scientists mostly men it could be women versus men it could be I don't know I'd be interesting to see if there's like a third one a dark horse that comes in um, because you can't put that, you can't put that past the Oscars. They might do that. They might, they might find a random one that suddenly just they elevate. Just up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen Oppenheimer yet. I would really like to see it. Oh, you should. It's good. It's really, really good. Killian Murphy is brilliant in it. He's absolutely like he just holds the screen, and it's a long film. Yeah. Well, I'm, I am a fan of him. I think he's a very good actor. I mean, when we're talking about the film industry, there's also a lot going on because obviously we've had the Hollywood strikes now people coming back on board and making things again. Another comment that I saw on Reddit was that that we're finally going to see a demise in superhero films. Um, I've not got an opinion about this really myself because I have really enjoyed The Avengers and Iron Man and Thor. Um, But someone said this, superhero films will continue to decline in popularity like Western films in the past. The Barbie Hyman phenomenon will have a huge effect on Hollywood for the foreseeable future and more big-budget art house films will be made and released, which I thought that sounded exciting because I love that feeling of, like, cinema on a Friday night, getting your popcorn, like, proper blockbuster, mm. exciting films like Barbie and Oppenheimer. I do quite like a standalone film because, you know, last week I saw the film poster for Marvel's new Madam Web film with Dakota Johnson, and I didn't mm. even know she was doing a su- superhero film. Uh, so Ashley says she's she's a clairvoyant with special powers but it often feels like now that these um marvel and dc universes have so spun out of control that if you haven't watched Mm. the 10 previously then i'm not going to bother watching the next one so it just puts me off because i'm like oh i've missed them now so i won't bother it's almost like yes whereas the great thing about standalone films is you go oh that looks really really good i can go and see that and i didn't have to do homework before i went And it's interesting because actually the sequel for Captain Marvel came out this year called The Marvels with Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. Did you ever watch that film, by the way? No, no. I watched the Wonder Woman ones and actually I would have liked to have seen a third one um, that was cancelled. Yeah, there's a weird story. It's just got cancelled, hasn't it? It's sort of of fizzled out, I think, politically. Something to do with the studio mergers and things. But what's interesting is this Captain Marvel did incredibly well. It made a billion dollars in the box office and the sequel the marvels is the worst performing film in the sort of marvel universe it's grossed just under 200 million when the original film like i said made a billion i mean we're still talking a lot of money i love how 200 million is a failure yes (laughs) i know but i do think that you know is it was it the first film to go over to a billion was it something like um titanic Mm. you know when you start getting these billion dollar box offices become the norm for a big tentpole movie But film site Collider said this, the film's commercial performance has been seen as a huge dent in the Marvel Cinematic Universe's armour, which, over a decade and a half, has established itself as an entire generation's favourite movie franchise. But the post-pandemic era proved to be its undoing, with the audiences experiencing a clear case of oversaturation. So to your point. Yeah. I don't know if you followed this, but Brie Larson actually got a lot of backlash during Captain Marvel, especially during her press tours. It seemingly had a lot to do with her being disliked by her Marvel co-stars, or that was how she was perceived. 
by the viewers and the commentators online and particularly calling her a diva. And someone came to her defence and said, if I was an Oscar winner, I wouldn't want to be part of that shitty boys club either. Who actually defended her? Because this actually created quite a lot of bad publicity for this sequel. So they were saying that it could be part of the reason it's bombed so badly. It's not just about the story and the quality of the production. And then someone else said, I feel like her career took a bad turn legacy-wise once she decided to commit to the Marvel machine. Getting locked up in these movies might be a nice paycheck, but if people really don't like you, I can imagine it'd be very horrid to deal with for multiple years on end. You know, she did so well in that in the film Room where she won her Oscar, mm. and it is a bit of an odd turn to then jump in this direction. I can understand maybe you do it, but if I did that, I'd be doing it, A, I'd want to have fun. And so it, like, yes. it seems like she didn't have fun in that lack of camaraderie. On the other hand, you could argue that how much, um, I'm going to go into conspiracy theory territory here, but often before it's even released, they can see if it's going to look like a bit of a turkey or not. Um, they mm -hmm, can see mm -hmm. how the audience reacts to the test runs, etc. And maybe they saw they didn't have the greatest thing, knew that economically or whatever, people were less going to the cinema. So they've kind of highlighted these stories, calling her a diva so that he had someone to blame. I don't know. I mean, that could be, yeah. I don't, I could have completely made that up. No, no. It could be a way to kind of pin it on her and say that she just didn't like that comment, so she just didn't get the, yeah. the buy-in and the love. Like this is a, an audience that really wants to love the lead characters, mm. you know, and they want to buy into them, but they really picked up that she didn't seem like a team player. She, you know, Captain Marvel, apparently her, her traits were that she was super, um, she was almost invincible, whereas all the other characters had some sort mm. of something that made them vulnerable. Yeah. And she liked to play up that. Yeah. People get very attached to the Marvel characters. And I'm not aware of this whole, um, these characters independently of the film. So, uh, yeah, people can get very upset. But the thing is, we are in the sort of now maybe the wind down of the superhero films, but it doesn't mean we've not got a lot of sequels next year. We've got Deadpool 3, Joker 2 with Lady Gaga, hmm. the new Mad Max film and a remake of Lord of the Rings. A remake? Like an animation oh, remake. Oh, okay. Yeah. But that's not the only sequel. The big one coming out next year is Gladiator 2 which apparently will be set 20 years later and depicts when the young Lucius becomes emperor, which, you, you know, remember the little boy in the film. It's interesting because Paul Meskel, who you might remember from Normal People, very super sexy TV show, <laughs> he's actually been cast as the sort of leading man in this. There was rumours that Russell Crowe was going to be in it, but he said, no, I'm not been invited into it. Oh, I'm, wow. I'm not going to be part of this. And it's like, what's he going to do? Be a ghost? Yeah. You know, like in Dallas. Yeah. It was just a dream, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if they, if, if they get this right, it could be really good. So, yeah, I'm genuinely looking forward to seeing this. Did you like Gladiator? I did. But it's, it's, it was such a big, rousing movie. And it's like what you said about with the Oscars, having these big movies that we don't have anymore. So I think it is exciting that they're going to redo it. If they do it well. If they do it well. I'm not quite buying Paul Meskel as a new Russell Crowe, but let's see. Mm. I've done this before where I'm not convinced, like with Ryan Gosling as Ken and Barbie, and then everyone kind of goes crazy for him. He flips the kind of yeah. expectations. 
A big film that'll be coming out is part one of Wicked with none other than Ariana Grande and Ethan Slater. Oh, they've split it into two, have they? How many parts are there? That's what I've heard. Okay, cool. So I'm really curious, with all the publicity that they've had, how this will affect the film's release. Because like I said with Brie Larson, it really cast a shadow over the sequel of um, Captain Marvel. I think it's interesting because they might get a lot of um, negativity, but people might want to go and see it just to see if there was any chemistry or even hate watch it. Mm. And also there's a lot of people who are big fans of Wicked. So I think regardless of what goes on behind the scenes, this is a classic. So Exactly. And I think there's that voyeuristic element like of how like they're going to handle a bit like, do you remember when, um, gosh, Olivia Wilde did the film... um, Florence Pugh and uh, Harry Styles and they obviously clearly all fallen out but ha- it was quite op- people got quite obsessed with how they were yeah. behaving on the sort of publicity tour but it'd be interesting to see it but there's still a lot of comments online about him saying you know it's really sad that he's now living in New York and missing the first year of his child's mm. life um I think a lot of people might find that hard to get over um and put aside when when, when they're on their press tour yeah I think that's true Sarah, get ready. We have some brilliant gothic treats next year. We've got Beetlejuice 2, which we discussed in our Gothic Girls vs. Screen Queens episode. Then Nosferatu with Bill Skarsgård. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, Robert Eggers' Nosferatu is a gothic tale of obsession between a haunted young woman and the terrifying vampire infatuated with her causing untold horror in its wake. Well, I mean, this is obviously a remake as well, isn't it? Because there's a couple of Nosferatu's. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, vampires. Bill Skarsgård's an amazing actor. If they get this right, it could be brilliant. Definitely sounds like your cup of tea as well. Yeah, exactly. And then there's this new film written by Diablo Cody, who I mentioned earlier scripted the Madonna Mm. film initially. And did you know? She's written um, a script called... Lisa Frankenstein. Oh, wow. Are you starring in it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not a documentary of my life, though. Wait for this plot from Wikipedia. Okay. In 1989, a misunderstood teenage goth girl named Lisa Swallows reenacts... <laughs> oh. Reanimates a handsome corpse from the Victorian era during a lightning storm and starts to rebuild him into the man of her dreams by using a broken tanning machine in her garage. Okay. After going through a playfully horrific transformation, the romantic duo embark on a murderous journey to find true love, happiness, and a few missing body parts along the way. You know what? That could either be the best film I've ever seen or the worst. Of all it's time. Like, it's going to be one of, or it's, it's, there's no middle ground. That could be amazing. It could be shit. I think it had me, yeah, at the broken tanning machine in her garage. I mean, I'm just imagining she gets in it. What does it collapse on her? Does it only do half of him? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I just think that sounds brilliant. So, so, so hopefully we can pin an episode yeah. around that um, film. But next on the list next year is Glastonbury, which, by the way, I've never been to. Have you ever been to Glastonbury? Does it no, appeal to you? No, I once, when I was a student, got tickets to go to Reading Festival with my friends and then didn't go because I was too depressed and I didn't want to be around people. That why I was like, there's too many people and I'm not great at camping I don't like it, so I just didn't go. I know, and and it's one of those things where I know that part of me is like, I would love to walk around Glastonbury, mm. 
and I bet it's super exciting. So if you're listening to this and you've been to Glastonbury, let me know on Instagram what you think of it. And and if I'm missing out, because you know what? Next year on the lineup, they're saying on the Sunday night on the pyramid stage, it's gonna be Stevie Nicks followed by Madonna. I mean. And I'm like, maybe I need to break it. Can in. you go just for one day though? <laughs> I would go for one That's day and then stay in a hotel, like or a cute little guest house. But I just I'm sorry, my body just I, I camping, I just no. And then the toilets. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking, like, is it just a small sacrifice, though, to see these two women in Glastonbury? Like, to me, which is a really special place because I love Glastonbury mm. as a town. It's quite near my hometown in uh, Dorset. And just the whole combination of it just seems so magical. Imagine seeing, like, Stevie Nicks is, like, for me, like, spiritual hippie girl. You know, we talked about it in the Celebrity Witches mm. episode. This is her spiritual home I feel you know on the stage yeah. <laughs> in the pyramid stage no, I'd, so I'd go for yeah. the day then I'd go and stay in a guest house and not do the other days yeah. so if anyone's listening wants to go and see Stevie Nicks and Madonna on Sunday night and can think of a way we can get in for the night <laughs> and stay in a clean safe place let me know <laughs> keep me posted <laughs> talking about festivals we have to talk about the fire festival too which I don't think you watched the original documentary or heard about. I heard about it. The I big shit show. Didn't watch the documentary though. Yeah. So just as a recap, celebrities including Kendall Jenner and Bella Hadid promoted the Fire Festival, which was billed as a glamorous and luxurious destination music festival. The actual event turned out to be a fiasco, as attendees were stranded on a deserted island in the Bahamas lacking water and served cheese sandwiches in foam containers, which is the opposite of goals on Instagram. And it was billed as the greatest party that never happened. And it it just became a huge internet joke. Um, lots and lots of content around the crappy sandwiches, the rescue tents they put up because they had nowhere for people to stay. And, and, and generally, it was just like infamous um, for being a disaster. And the founder behind it all was Billy McFarlane. So if you watch the Netflix documentary, which I recommend, you'll know about this character. He's like a classic bro hustler. I'm going to fake it until I make it. And the weird thing is, is he ended up going to jail. It was really serious because he basically messed up so much of this and ripped off people. And he ended up doing a seven month stint in solitary confinement. And he came out this year, went on a tour of like atonement and apology, explaining why he did all this and that he just got deeper and deeper into trouble almost asking for forgiveness, like I'm just young, I just, I just want to be forgiven and move on with my life. But then, a couple of months ago, I could not believe it, he's actually selling tickets for Fire 2 at the same location <laughs> and he put out a YouTube video. Oh my God. I know. And someone said to his announcement, because he said he's selling tickets already, Billy McFarlane is the kind of guy to go, but what if we made Titanic 2? <laughs> Yeah, I can. You can never, you can never uh, underestimate people's ambition and um, greed. Really, I mean, and sometimes stupidity. Because what's that phrase? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. So I kind yes. of think if people buy the tickets at this point, they've been warned. People are like, oh my gosh, how is he allowed to do this? How has he legally not been stopped from basically raising investments and trying to do these social media hustles? So yeah, very curious how that plays out. I do think we've got a lot of juicy things to get into for next year. 
We do, but I think first we're going to wrap ourselves in tinsel, stuff ourselves with chocolate and mince pies, and then get our heads down, brainstorm, and do a bit of planning. And we're going to come back in February with a new season. So that'll give you something to look forward to in 2024. And so just to round up today, I mean, we thought we'd jump into some celeb predictions for 2024. And so, of course, where did we go? We went straight to Lisa's favorite place. Which, of course, is Reddit. (laughs) I think everyone knows that now. Yeah. You know, here's a few of the predictions that we found online. One comment was, Hayley Bieber has a baby. Okay. But someone replied, well, we predicted this would happen this year. So, of course, maybe next year. And then, of course, if it doesn't happen this year, they can always just predict for next year. Yeah. And I keep seeing this come up all the time in the gossip. And I mean, there was this comment, Justin and Hayley Bieber either have a baby or get divorced. There's no in-between for these two. I feel like that prediction just means that they've covered all their bases, you know, which is kind of cheating. Yeah, exactly. And here's three more um, predictions that we found on Reddit. So comment one, Blue Ivy releases her first single and Sir and Rumi take her dance spots. What, in their pampers? They're just little babies still, aren't they? Gosh, (laughs) you know what? Time goes so quickly, I wouldn't be surprised if they're like 15 by now. I don't don't know how how it happened. Prediction number two, Britney Spears releases a new single. I think that's possible. Well, that's an intriguing idea. I just wonder, like, yeah, will she kind of get bored of this sort of in-between phase she's in and want to get back out there? I could see that happening. And it also, you know, what's happening with the people around her... Are they healthy? Yeah. Are they hurting? Who knows? Or maybe like comes out with a big breakup anthem, like a sort of fuck you to her ex-husband. Who knows? Yes. Epic. Yeah. And then finally, Miley Cyrus has a Vegas residency. That's interesting because, you know, she did say, I think earlier this year that she was a bit over doing these mega tour stadium concerts that she likes that intimacy. Mm. So I could see that happening also. Also, I mean, she must have been on tour her entire life she's been working since she was a baby so it might be nice to stay in one place yeah exactly and I actually would love to go and see her live I think she her voice is just amazing yeah Mm. but look I saw these comments on reddit and they they sort of said what are the general themes of celebrity gossip right so they said a couple will break up a couple will get engaged a couple will get married someone will have a baby someone will have a scandal and it made me think maybe this will be Kanye West next year. <laughs> what doing all of them? He's just going to make his way through the entire checklist by himself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Times three. Yeah, he's just like, <laughs> yeah, hold my beer. I'm doing this. Yeah. So those are the predictions that we found online. They sound good. But let's finish off with our own crazy celeb prediction like we do in our movies. Mm. And Lisa, what's yours? So my crazy celebrity prediction is that Keanu Reeves has elected the American president and world peace is restored. Wow. How do we make this happen? <laughs> That's what I want. I know. Join me. We're going to start campaigning and you at home too. <laughs> we got to make Keanu Reeves president. Our world depends on it. Yeah. Oh man, that's a good one. <laughs> How about you? Well, for me, I was thinking Taylor Swift, she's been woman of the year, but she now decides that she's, you know, she's had enough of fame. And so mm-hmm. she retires to Nashville to open a cat sanctuary. Oh, <laughs> a big career change. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds amazing, but that sounds like actually your ideal life. Yeah. Sarah. I mean, maybe not Nashville, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> Just to be surrounded by cats. <laughs> yeah. What more could you want? I mean, it'd be a good world if these two things came true next year. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
so we've come to the end of our last episode for this year can you believe how quickly it's all gone Mm. and uh we just wanted to take a minute to thank you for joining us on this journey we absolutely love every minute of making this podcast and of course we get some of the most lovely messages of support from people we really do it's 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 just makes my week my you know my month my year when I get these messages because you know we started this podcast to try and introduce a fair approach to sort of looking at the comments and sort of bring in a sort of a perspective on them and analyze them and we love doing it and it was incredible wasn't it Sarah when we got to number three in the entertainment charts this year in the UK going up against these big podcasts and you know we just want to try and represent a normal woman's perspective I mean I'm not sure how normal we can claim to be. Maybe normal with a twist of eccentricity. That's how I'd like to brand myself, I guess. Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. You know, I'm trying to think like, okay, like with the Kate Bushes and Stevie Nicks, the podcast. Oh, I'm going to get my leer tilled out right now and go dance in the garden at moonlight. <laughs> oh, me too. I, can I join you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Get on a plane, Lisa. We just love our listeners and we want to wish each and every one of you an amazing start to 2024. We really do. But first, we're going to have a little break and regroup. And then we'll be back again with a new season in early February. So till then, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you to our lovely producer, Emily. If you enjoyed today's episode, please don't forget to leave a review and subscribe. It really does help us in reaching more people. You can also follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at S2TC podcast. You can find out more about the show, get behind the scenes. Come and say hello. Until then, see you next time. This podcast has been produced by Emily Crosby Media.